Hey everybody listening to This Week in Marvel, welcome to the penultimate 2013 installment of this podcast. Strangely enough, I've already recorded the final podcast of the year, but here on the second to last one, I am sitting in the office of Marvel Executive Editor Tom Brevoort and his bootleg Mexican Pepsi. Which gives them superpowers. It's not. Uh, it's not bootleg. They sell know. these downstairs yeah. in the in the diner. What but, constitutes bootleg? Well, you know, it would be like an illegal yeah, Pepsi. contraband. Contraband Pepsi. Mm-hmm. This has been brought in uh, completely above board. But, but it's from it outside is, the country. Yeah, it is from. It is. It is the manufactured uh, manufactured in Mexico. So they use the genuine cane sugar and yeah. the real Pepsi recipe, not the. Uh, uh, Bastardized. You know, yeah, the, the, the watered down, mm-hmm. theoretically better for you, yeah. healthier. None of that. You know, none of that. Yeah. This is the genuine stuff. Do you have this on order downstairs? No, I do not. They, I, mean, they I literally, I, I, don't, I don't actually, I, I try not to drink it all that okay. often, quite honestly, because it's not good for you. It's not really no, good for you. But on a day like today, where we're putting out a lot of yep. books, it's the end of the week, it's right. the end of the year, it's right yeah. before the holidays for us, even if this gets heard a little bit later. Yeah. Um, you know, so today at my late lunch, I grabbed one of these, and so it was this, like my can of spinach to yeah. uh, get through the rest of the day. Yeah, I did. When Blake, when Blake and I, Blake Garrison, I came in here to set up earlier. Uh, Blake was admiring it, and you just said to Blake, "Let me tell you, boy," and then told him <laughs> all about the properties of the Pepsi. Uh, I thought it was wonderful. Anyways, we are far removed from the end of Infinity, which we've been talking about here for the last few months. Yes. But I brought in to show to you Infinity number six and the final New Avengers tie-in. We're going to talk about them a little bit today on the podcast. I have selected a elite few fan questions. Wow. When we get to it at the elite end. Elite few. We had a, we had a bevy there. there. I know. We, 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 we cast the net wide. Chopped it down a little bit. Got the best of the best. All right. We can get to those. We're going to pepper those in. Um, but first of all, Infinity has been... How long has it been done for you? It's been done for about a month for the rest of us. Um, wow. <laughs> time time passes so differently yeah. for me. Because I don't, uh, you know, uh, the books go, and as soon as they go, like I'm sending out books yep. today that you won't read as a, a comic, and the, the people listening really won't read for about a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you know, it's a give or take about four weeks between when I send them to, to press and, you know, when they show up at stores. Um, but, uh, and, and during that time, I will work on all the other, the other books sure. that will come later. So if it's been about a month for you, it's probably been about two months for me. How many books a month do you edit now? Uh, well, you know, directly, yeah. like, hands-on edit, probably in the neighborhood of a dozen. And, you know, oversee and work on, probably in the neighborhood of, I don't know, three dozen. But there are books that leave, mo- like, you'll trust Nick Lowe to look at something. Uh, and, trust isn't yeah. the right word. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's unfair. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't. It's not like I look at everything, right. but I read a lot. I see a lot yeah, as sure. it uh, as it goes through here. Certainly, more or less everything that's in the kind right. of Avengers heroes corner of the yeah. of the world uh, comes through here. Now, not on a story level, which we're going to talk about in a sec with Infinity, but just on a outside on a work level, editing creatively, commercially. What were your end impressions of Infinity? One of the things we talked about earlier, I can't remember if it was four or five, was how it seemed to be universally pretty positively received, and that actually concerned you. (laughs) 
because you were worried it was not getting talked about enough. Uh, right, do you still right, feel right. that way, or are you uh, kind of? Uh, yeah, it, you know, we, when the, the these last two issues came out, mm -hmm. the, the Infinity Six and the New Avengers epilogue issue, they both shipped the same day, mm -hmm. um, and it seemed like the response to them was was very good, mm -hmm. uh, and that meant that kind of the response to the whole event was very good, um, and uh, so it all worked out pretty well uh, on that level. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of getting them done, and I think I may have mentioned this in the past, I believe we invented some new ways of shipping and yes. printing comic books to get here. I've uh, And I've done a bunch of these events. I've done a lot of them. Uh, I've never run one as close to the bone really? as this one. Oh, oh wow. boy. Uh, we were, we were uh, in tight shape at... So many turns during this, and so it's oh, kind no, of no, astonishing no. that more or less, I mean, everything came out in the right order. Everything yeah. came out more or less on time. There may have been, you know, books that shifted from one week to the next week, but generally speaking, they everything everything yeah. hit its marks and came when it needed to. It was just, you know, there was a We're lot of scrambling. We're still waiting on Infinity of the Heist. Uh, yes. Last straggler. <laughs> You made fun of that last time. That's right. Is that yeah. still not? I mean, it's gone to press. So yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, it's done. But as usual, Frank Thierry right. holding up the entire Marvel <laughs> universe one way or another. But not the surest way to get away with it is yeah. to wait for when they least expect it. <laughs> yeah. Iced. It was yeah yeah. It was it was a it was a very meta book. We I didn't realize it. I actually much. signed off on the trade paperback cover earlier today, no. so the collection is it may, coming. It may be incomplete when it comes out, <laughs> but no, we'll get there. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, one of the things transitioning into the book itself a little bit was I think one of the reasons that's a, a little bit surprising to me that it ran so tight was the quality of the art. Like, it didn't mm -hmm. diminish. Like, going right. right into number six, what we want to talk about was Jim Chung sure. coming back. Sure, sure. Um, how long did Jim have to work on this? Like, did he basically do pre-comic book day number one and then just straight to six? Pretty much, yeah. yes. Although, you know, when we say straight to six, he had, you know, a portion of the script to six mm -hmm. to draw. And then at a certain point got more and at a certain point got more until we were uh, done. He was never dry. He was never, right. he never had a point where there weren't pages to draw. Right. But he didn't necessarily have... It's not like he was working on covers or another book or anything, though. It was just Infinity. No, the, well, the only things... Yeah, there may have been a cover here yeah. or there. Um, there may have been commissions and things that I don't really even know about because they're not right. really Marvel things. Right. Not but in terms of his, his uh, Marvel stuff, with the possible exception of a cover somewhere, mm -hmm. he was really working on Infinity, yeah. you know, pretty well full-time. The Free Comic Book Day and Issue 1... And then issue six. Was he, I want to say, because he was working straight after issue one came out on issue six, was he not part of kind of the, um, we've discussed many times, the game of one-upsmanship going on? Oh, no, no. He was yeah. there all along. So he was still Because even as pushed. he was doing number one, yeah. you know, Dustin and Jerome were drawing, were drawing number two okay. and number three and so forth. And these pages... You know, got passed around. So he didn't escape your net. And all the way through issue six, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was good because, you know, Jim sets the bar high and yep. Jim, uh, you know, he's kind of a perfectionist. So seeing the work of Dustin and Jerome only made him, you know, work uh, work all the harder as well. Like mm -hmm. they, These guys really all uh, fed off of one another. And Lanio and Dio and the, the other guys that were part of that, you yeah. know, sort of the core uh, 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 group who worked on the series yeah. and, and were part of that the little mailing list where we'd send the art around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he didn't escape that at all. Yeah. He was he was he was right there in it from the yeah. beginning. Um, Maybe next time 
you put Frank Thierry on that mailing list. <laughs> except he'll probably just curse at you guys. That's right. A lot. So maybe I've answered my own question. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. But no, beautiful. Also, we don't need Frank drawing any pages for no. us. That's okay. Well, we've never. Have you ever tried it? No, I can't say that I have. So that, that's a fair. Don't that's knock a fair cop. A fair cop, Ben. You are correct. Yeah. I should not uh, judge without having seen. Frank Thierry could be the best could. artist we've never had. He on could. A book. He could. Yeah. But that'd be a thing, wouldn't it? That'd be really, that'd be like an ice shock. Wow! Just undiscovered I knew, talent. I never knew he could do that. So, uh, I wanted to write so bad. I didn't want to show you guys my hidden gifts. But um, I didn't think it was any good? Yeah, that's better. That was a much better Thierry. My wife, the first time she met Frank, just goes, she goes, oh, wow, he really does talk like you described it. <laughs> and then she goes, I'm so glad. My favorite Frank Terry thing, uh, and, you know, most people don't know this, you know, Frank is, Frank is uh, from Canada. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's I didn't a, know he, that. Is, he is actually French Canadian. Holy crap. Um, you know, English. Although you know, he's been here and lived here, and he's like a real—he's like a real, you know, Brooklyn yeah, cat that's he, now. Yeah, that's how he carries himself. He—he he, this yeah, is going to ruin him. He grew up, uh, yeah, up there, and so his first language is French. It makes sense given how good he is in English. And so, <laughs> you know, so I actually got it. He was—he was embarrassed to do it a little bit. He did it. He did some French. But not only did he do the French, I got him to, you know, he, there there are a couple of lines that he's done over the years that have become kind of, you know, little oh, catchphrases awesome. between us. The one that uh, uh, that I always liked the best was uh, "pop pop two in the back of the coconuts, douchebag." Yep, yep. And it's vintage. And and uh, I got him to say it in, in French. French. Oh. <laughs> and there was a lot of. Of reference and looking, you know, because he had to figure out how the one word he didn't know how to yeah. transliterate was douchebag. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so it was sort of, American. it was sort of, je ne sais quoi c'est vous douchebag. You know, kind wow. of. It was great. It was the best that, thing ever. I almost feel like just shutting the podcast off. <laughs> I don't know how we it's, can go. We've peaked. Yeah, that's, early. That's it. Wow. Yeah, very early. All right, going back. Also, to I'm now going. I'm not going to get a real angry phone call for Frank because no I told this story. I'm so excited <laughs> that the world's going to know about his French Canadian heritage, Mister he Brooklyn himself. Oh, well, he's really. Friend. I mean, he's lived there for a oh, long yeah. while. He's, he's, he's legit. He is. But... He is definitely legit. Yeah. But again, that's, that's just one of those 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 sides that's to him fantastic. that people don't don't uh, don't know, aren't aware of, and uh, it was pretty fun. That's why you got to listen to this podcast, well, folks. This is All where you the really dark learn. secrets of comics come out here. <laughs> Give me I, a Pepsi and watch me. Yeah, spill. seriously, that Pepsi is. Keep drinking. Let's let's keep going <laughs> with this. All right, another thing we've talked about with Infinity and talked about events in general. We actually, when you and I went off on our Infinity Gauntlet tangent, was the interesting when you have so many characters to work with, the groups that you'll see. Uh, the groups of characters used in different places. Now, in this, the main thrust of Infinity Number Six is the Avengers versus Thanos. It's a big old fight. It's a big old fight, and uh, we get a nice mix of Avengers there. We get Cap, we get Thor, we get Hulk. Some classic Avengers. Um, I guess Hulk has kind of retroactively become a classic Avenger now. He was oh, there at the beginning. Yeah, he he yeah. he's again he's got status just because he was there at, yeah. the, at the founding. And he's iconic. Yeah, but for yeah. years, you know, he just wasn't around. Yeah. And more than anything, you know, it, it's got to be the film that that, sure. that really cemented him in people's heads yeah. as, oh yeah, he's a he's a legitimate Avenger. That's, that's what's interesting because for so long you would think of he was he was almost like a an, an, an oddity, a, a trivia answer. Who's, yeah, who's yeah. the Avenger who who left the team immediately? But now, yeah, when he's 
they get a big event like Infinity, you want Hulk front and center, not just as a character, but as yeah. an Avenger. Yeah. But joining them, then we have Captain Marvel, yep. which I think is great because true powerhouse and kind of speaks to how important that character is for sure. to the franchise now. And then kind of the wild card was throwing Hyperion in there. Right. Um, from a power standpoint, definitely makes sense, but definitely a little bit further outside the grid character. Sure. Was there any discussion in terms of Jonathan saying these are the characters I want in the final battle, or it just just not really? Out? I mean, he he basically you know laid out his characters and the story and where everyone was going to go. Um, you know, when it came time to do a big fight, mm-hmm. you know, there's one of two ways you could do this, and this is kind of the thing we talked about in the past. You could you could throw forty characters here, right? Which and yeah. I you know my my sense has always been. Uh, not just with the events, but just in general. It's kind of a funny thing to say as the guy that edits Avengers. But <laughs> the, you know, the more superheroes you have in a scene, the less special that they become. That right. they all start to become action figures, which is to say, yeah. they're a costume that you see and a set of powers, and yeah. not a character, not a personality, not a viewpoint. And the Marvel characters always work best if they're characters yeah. first. If they're you know, their their essence, the, the, the core of who they is, is able to come out. So mm-hmm. even in a big fight like this, um, where you could say, well, you know, whatever, tactically maybe it makes more sense. Let's pile 40 guys on top of Thanos instead of, you know, eight. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of it being a worthwhile experience and or not having to job out yeah. 32 guys who get knocked over like 10 pins. Yeah. Uh, you know, it makes more sense to to bring a focused group in to to deal with that. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is you risk um, beyond just the characters that you risk it becoming like like the old Bruce Lee movies where all the twenty henchmen had to attack yeah. them one yeah. at a time. Yeah. Because you know if if they attack them all at once, they'll win. And they'll <laughs> so yeah, would they? Would way. they Ben? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think Bruce Lee. Fan, I don't know. But you know, that's how they did it. That's how it was presented. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the same kind of thing. I think we talked about, if I'm remembering right, we talked about that scene in, and I think we, we narrowed down, it was an Infinity War. Yeah. Which I thought was, I mean, it, it, it was the exact same I think conundrum. we actually talked about it after we stopped recording, so yeah, I definitely yeah, we, yeah, we did. this on the record. We, we did, <laughs> we did. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a scene, and it's, it's uh, I remember you know, at the time thinking, ah, this is a dopey scene. Yep. This doesn't make any sense. This is, this is not good. Because it was, it was all about how they didn't, yeah. They but didn't it, was the same, it was the same problem. Yep. You know, you, you don't want to have too many characters, which just becomes a right. mob. But in that case, it was like they they called all the heroes of, of Earth together at Avengers yep. Mansion because the threat, which I guess was, I forget the specifics of exactly where in the story they were, but it was, it was the Magus. It was, it was Magus and uh, however you pronounce his name, and, yeah. and the doppelgangers. Yeah, it was the Magus, and they were doing the doppelgangers, and so, so they're going to have to go off and fight the Magus. Yeah. And so they got everybody together, and then they picked like eight dudes to go do yep. that while everybody else waited. So much so yep. that they sent Speedball out to get pizza Speedball pies. Speedball got out to get pizza, And yep. she's like, you know, it's not even a pretense. Like, you've yeah. got 40 superheroes yeah. all standing around in big rooms eating well, pizza and watching TV screens of other guys fighting for their well, that's lives. Nice, that's the nice thing here. I mean, the way the way you beat it, learning from how much you were dissatisfied <laughs> with that scene, is you have the other heroes. We show them doing stuff. You know, Cannonball and Smasher have the nice scene when they're out. And you see that the bulk of the Avengers are still dealing with Thanos' fleet. Space. Yeah, yeah. That, the that, Illuminati have their own thing. It's exactly. I mean, yeah. on the one hand, it's exactly the same thing, and I, I, I can understand. I can empathize with the the decision that had to be made in yeah. that Infinity War storyline because they couldn't or didn't want to have 
40 guys fight Thanos. It's the right. exact same problem. I just didn't think the way they staged it at that time, you know, as a, as a reader as much as an editor, yeah. really worked all that great. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully what we did in Infinity 6 worked out better. Yeah. If not, there's a whole Twitterverse ready to tell me oh, yeah. what a goon I am and how this was just as bad or worse and how dare I besmirch yeah. the good name yeah, or the Infinity good War. Infinity yeah. crossovers as opposed to our stinky one, which is all fair. Which didn't even have another word. That's right. We didn't, we didn't even need another didn't word. Didn't need another word. Need another word. By that on. point, it, it was all over. I did. I like. I like that little exchange between uh, Smasher and Cannibal, though. Just in the midst of everything, right. I get to have a nice little bit, and Cannibal got to be awesome. And you know, and there's a yeah. I get there's a moment. Those yep. characters get to have a moment where they're they're them rather than just being exactly. You know, a bunch of a bunch of guys. I mean, you talked about it there, but kind of when you get to issue number six, this has been a big action story throughout. So I guess it's been a balancing act the whole time. But when you get to issue six, which literally is you know a big fight, how do you balance in the story elements, knowing we have so many pages? In this case, you actually had quite a few pages. Yeah, we have, well, we have um, a lot of pages. <laughs> but how do how do you do it so it's not just you know double splash, splash page, double splash? <laughs> like, how do you weave in? Not putting all the story at the end, uh, going from here to there. Well, some of it is I, I, I hire good people and I let them do their thing. That's the best so, way to do you it. Know, I, you know, yeah. I, I kind of leave it to Jonathan to do that, and I point, poke at it if I think it's not working right. Right. Um, you know, but again, in the case of Infinity Six, while you know we can say, well, this is there's been a lot of action in the series. Most of that action has really been, for lack of a better term, impersonal. Sure. It's been this fleet attacking that fleet. Yeah, spaceships. So it's it's very it's very distant. It hasn't been as visceral. And this is a real classic, you know, no holes barred Marvel throwdown of guy, you know, guy a top guy, guy in the face of the other guy, guy zapping guy, and you know, in in a way, it's a big old catharsis because after five issues of. You know, this sort of, again, almost clinical, strategic battle of generals and battlefields and moving forces and marshalling plans. This is, you know, guys, you know, having a street fight. Sure. Uh, you know, in the in the wilds of. I and guess you literally, you literally just start out with Hulk punching. Yeah, know, yeah. That's kind of the opening salvo, and, and, and you know, a high energy fight like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's if it's drawn well, if it's got intensity, if it's paced and has punch, and these are all things that Jim does great. Right. Um, you know, those things always work because you know, as a, as a reader, you just you just get into what's going on. It's like you want to see superheroes do super things and and just have the biggest most explosive, most kinetic action sequences that you can get. So, again, it's almost like a big catharsis at the end of the series after having these, this conflict that's, you know, more cerebral to have one that's more visceral and that just kind of comes from the gut. Uh, in terms of balancing stuff, again, you can kind of see that once you get to the back third or back quarter of the book, that's what there's a lot of... Yeah. It's not even so much the story, it's the wrap-up. It's the epilogue. It's right. here's what, here's where, where all the fallout was, and here's where Thanos is now, and here's we're putting the worlds back together, and yeah. here's what the Kree homeworld is like now, and here's what's going on with the Shi'ar. And look, the Skrull's got a planet now, too, and yeah. oh, Annihilus has a planet now, too, and yeah. like all the pieces of all this stuff, you know, you begin to see the pattern of, of where it's all gone. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know that that that's really just kind of like space management, and it's one of the reasons why uh, you know our last issue was big because yeah, <laughs> we big. needed more pages to get everything done. You know, of course, we talk about we talk about the job Jim did. We talk about all the artists and all the writers, and of course, there's a whole team of people. But I gotta say, in issues like this, um, I really start to appreciate uh, colors. Oh yeah, Justin Ponsor because. 
I, I know you're going to talk about, but I, I, one of the things that's crazy to me is that you have, like you said, all these different characters and all these different costumes, and it could very easily look just ridiculous because they're all smashed up against each other. There's no one filter. Right. But he really, I think he had a huge layer to what Jim did there. Yeah, well, there, I mean, uh, you know, he was great all the mm-hmm. way through yeah. this. And, and you're right, even as much as we've talked in the past that, well, you know, the, you know sometimes the artists are, are overlooked. Right. Even when we talk about these things, because yeah. we focus so much on the story, uh, the colorists are very overlooked in that yeah. simply because, again, it's one layer down. Yeah, and, and I think event stories in particular are, you know, yeah, well, these challenging for the colors. These days, you know, and for many years now, um, yeah, it's not like the colorists weren't always artists, mm-hmm. but you know the the colorist these days is much more responsible for the look of the finished product mm-hmm. than ever before because the printing is so much better, the technology of coloring is so much better. Um, you know they're not limited and they're not doing the sort of coloring that was done years ago where you had a palette of sixty four colors to choose from and that right. was it and everything was flat and and uh, you know done with dot screen patterns yeah. because that was the best you know, and and it's not like those guys weren't artists either it's just the level of stuff the importance of it sure uh, is tremendous uh you know and uh, justin j Poe is you know he's probably uh, uh, you know, one of the top two colorists in the business, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, he and, and Jim have been working together for years and yeah. years, so so they go together like hand in glove. That they really know each other's moves so well and know what each the other guy likes and how you know to approach this stuff. Um, it's not like Justin doesn't work crazy hard. Yeah. And to you know all hours of of the forever on these things, but it's also. Uh, you know, it's also uh, a comfortable fit. So getting back into the story a little bit, talking specifically about the characters, we've been dancing around with the uh, the Black Order for six issues now, plus tie-ins. I feel like in this issue, we really got to see a lot of them kind of laid bare, so to say. Sure, sure. Uh, we got to see Super Giant's kind of death wish. Mm-hmm. We got to see Ebony Maw, who I've been needling you about this entire time, <laughs> definitely did have an agenda yes, of his did. own. Yes, he did. And you know the the you stu- predicted it. I ben. did. I know. It's almost like I knew how this story was head of the going. curve. Um, yeah, and then you know we also got to see the stuff with Proxima Midnight with Corvus Glaive. I like that they were in the mix with Thanos because again, like you had said, if it had been even seven superheroes against Thanos, that's one thing. But when he's got his two incredibly powerful lieutenants there with him, obviously things are a little different. Sure. Sure. Um, so I just want to talk about kind of where they go from here as far as the Black Order. Not all of them go anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite a few of them don't. Some of yes. them get blown up on a on a far off planet. Pretty badly. Some of them get their heads smashed into yeah. into pulp. But certainly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, certainly Ebony Maw at the least has a story to tell from here. Oh yeah, yeah. Proxima Ebony... Midnight is now linked with Thanos. Yep. for a while. Yep. Um, was was the plan always to kind of keep these guys a little more enigmatic until the end, and then we get to see it has more of a punch? Here. I think it's more of a it's more of a Jonathan question, and I think right. it's, I think it's more of a you know how much space and how much time do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, John had these guys all kind of worked out at least in his mind, but in the the ebb and flow of however many pages and however many issues we have, there's only only so much space you can devote to any of them in any given issue. So. Uh, you know, it, it was good that by this point, you know, you kind of get to see and learn a little more about them. So they're not just like faceless body types with armor and spikes and stuff. But each mm-hmm. one of them, by the end of this, you've got, again, kind of a point of view and kind of a sense of purpose and a sense of who that character is. 
um, because they're all characters that might show up again. Uh, even Black Dwarf, for all that we kind of caved his head yeah. in on page two. That he's wasn't a, definitive enough. He's yeah, a he crazy alien overlord dude. I, who yeah. knows if that's enough to actually put him down? His brain might be in his thorax. Yeah. That's uh, true. You know, it could be right there in the forest. It's it, anything is possible. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, these guys again, they become characters more than just cannon fodder. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the refrain here. Speaking of one of the ones who did not seemingly make it out, and that would be super giant. Um, but we don't know. We didn't. You know. No. We just Although, saw an, saw again, ex- pretty, the, seem pretty definitive. Your ve- yeah, your Vegas odds would not be very good right now. But what, <laughs> <laughs> what interests me most there was, you know, that's the Illuminati part of the story. They're battling super giant. They're trying to prevent this bomb from going off. Um, is who got the hero moment, and that is of all characters, Maximus, who, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. and I have not read every comic ever, has never really had a hero moment. Right. That was pretty cool. Well, I'd almost, I'd almost argue that really it's Lockjaw that gets the hero moment. Well, Lockjaw gets, Lockjaw gets every hero. Because yeah. and 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 really just because that's cool and fun. Yeah. More than anything, you know, Maximus gets to be Maximus. Maximus yeah. gets to be the same kind of, of uh, you know, smart and crazy smartass that he's been sure. sort of all the way through this. His line about always needing to... to be the smartest guy in the room was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he, so he's there and he's on point and on character and and you know he arranges this to happen so he yeah. gets his. Sort of badass beat. Yep. Um, but really, it's it's the the giant teleporting dog that gets the job done. He always gets the job done. I guess it was more. I've just never seen Maximus without light. Maximus is always the villain. Mm-hmm. He's always kind of the the nut job. He's never he never gets to look cool. Well, again, that that's sort of true with a lot of the characters sure. in, in this series. You could say the same kind of thing. Although he probably had more moments, you know, on a Ronan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, even a gladiator that's for true. all that he's been, you know, heroic. Yeah. You know, he's as often. In opposition to the X-Men with the Imperial Guard as he is fighting alongside them. You know, certainly the Supreme Intelligence, certainly the Brood and Annihilus. Like, this was, you know, in keeping with the overall kind of of theme of it's wartime and unlikely allies have to band together. That's true. uh, You know, Maximus having to throw in it's his planet and his city and his survival just as much as anybody else's. And, you know, again, a nice moment where the guy that you didn't expect necessarily to play that role pivots the whole story in a different direction by being the right guy at the right moment, the right plan, on the right side of the panel, right there. It really was. Right side of the page. Right panel, right page. Everything was right. (laughs) So Thanos had had a pretty good run here, going up into the sixth issue. Um, He really dominated. I mean, he, he, he... basically took over Earth to an extent. Yep. Uh, there were still pockets of resistance. Um, it seemed like he had everything going his way, but as is Thanos' want, we saw it in every other Infinity story, <laughs> he always always trips himself up. In this case, what was Thanos' mistake? What could he have done differently to ensure the outcome goes his way? Where did he go wrong? I don't know if it was necessarily his mistake mm-hmm. in this case, but mm-hmm. certainly... If he'd gotten to and found Thane sooner, had found Thane before Black Bolt had blown up Adelan and unleashed the Terrigen Mist that transformed him, yep. uh, you know, if he hadn't given, uh, you know, been, been so secure in his position that he gave Black Bolt 
<laughs> 24 hours to like come up with the goods or I'm going to do something. Yep. Um, you know, this might have gone a different way. That bomb might not have been ready. That that, that thing might not have happened. Right. And all the inhumanity that's that's going on as a fallout of it might not be there. Yeah. Um, that would be sad. That though. would be sad. So it uh, it didn't work out that way. But uh, you know, it's not like he necessarily made a made a mistake. Well, we did talk it's, about last time it, how he had what he wanted as far as Thane, and then he said he had to stick around and destroy Earth. Right, and right, like, right. That, yeah, yeah, that may that may have that yeah. may have. It certainly didn't do Supergiant any good. No, poor poor Supergiant <laughs> or or yeah or Corvus Glaive or. Corpus Glaive is all right. Corpus Glaive is going to be okay. He's okay. I mean, again, if you look at, I think we ran mm. it in the, I think it was in the New Avengers, the first New Avengers tie-in right. issue. Yeah. There was the little fact sheet. Oh yeah. Concerning the. Uh, so Corpus Glaive. The we, Black Order. Yeah. And you know it says pretty clearly in that that uh, you know as long as his his glaive survives he can be reincarnated. Interesting. So uh, you know, right now it's it's stuck in a, in the same cube, yeah, the with, cube with 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 yeah. uh, Proxima and Thanos. But you know, as opposed to Supergiant, who yeah. was sort of atomized, uh, you Supergiant know, Corvus's, really got the worst of it. Corvus's uh, you know get a jail free card is is it's got some hope. Is yeah, it's, it, more than hope. I think yeah. it's a it's a certainty that you'll see him sure. again. Yes, I forgot. This is comics, so if we <laughs> leave the weapon there, he's he, if we leave the smoking gun on the page, yeah. but. Person who put them in that amber cube, Thane. Thane, mysterious figure. We get some questions on him later. Yep. yep. But um, Thane really—he he shut off the bat. The whole question here was whether or not he was going to sit idly by. And even though he got relatively little panel time in this story, he got enough to tell his story. But really, his story was going from the the passive healer to a guy who's now going to take action. Right. Is that a good summation of kind I of think, where we I leave think Thane? So. And and uh, you know a guy that in one bad day has had everything in his world shattered and destroyed, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know he's now in a place where he's got nothing left to do but either build something himself or knock everything else down yeah. so that everything is level because he's got nothing yeah. except the ebony maw whispering yeah. in his ear. That's the yeah. one thing he's got, All right, we're and so- a cool costume Very that cool they costume. they gave him. Nice name. Yeah, that was nice before. Yeah. yeah, he'll do well. He's in. Uh, he's in the Avengers Alliance game. Yeah, he's great character. Yes, he there. is. Yes, he great is. Character there. Um, all right, let's talk about the epilogue a little. After Thane polishes Thanos off, one of the things you mentioned in this episode and also previous was those wartime alliances uh, with the Shi'ar, with the Kree, right. the yep. Skrulls, and how on those last few pages we already see kind of what you forecasted. Um, and that's that they're already, things are going a little bit back to normal. Yep. yep. Um, are things back to status quo as far as next time something big goes down, we can't necessarily count on the Kree well, again, us out? Yeah, you know, to, some, to some degree, yes. I mean, the Kree's next real major appearance is in All New Invaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know that I'm spoiling anything by saying that, that they're not, they're not really on the side hey, of know? the invaders. <laughs> they may be the invaders. Um, so uh, uh, you know, again, we're 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 past the crisis of the moment, and you know, in that story, we're at a point where the the needs and desires and wants of the Kree are in conflict with the needs and desires and the wants of at least the invaders, and you get a good story out of it. Right. That story is all informed by this story, and you know, there's references in it 
to the events of, of Infinity, so it's not like it, it's going ahead and ignoring all the stuff. You know, the fact that these are characters that had these interactions and were allies at one point is something that gets addressed and gets dealt with in how they interact going forward, and that will probably be the case to some degree with all these characters, although we probably won't see a lot of the you know, uh, I don't know the Shi'ar brood interactions because right. neither of them have a comic. Yeah. But but uh, you yeah. know, but we'll you know as as our characters, you know, our heroes, be, you know, yeah. continue to interact with all these various intergalactic species and and uh, individuals. This will inform going. Yeah, forward. this will this will inform. This will be part of the history that they have shared and and uh, you know moments that they've done. And it won't be the same for everybody necessarily. Right. That that you know this moment may may have uh, you know, changed you know some character's perspective on yeah. some of our characters and some of the other characters in a way that will be more lasting yeah. than than for other folks. Yeah, certainly Ronan went further than he ever had in terms sure. of actually resisting sure. the Skull. I mean, sure. never have I wanted a Gladiator series more. Than <laughs> I'd, I'd still maintain Gladiator was he was for me was the breakout star. Excellent, excellent. Um, you, I should get Nick, you should get Nick on that. Uh, Nick DeLow. Yeah, I know. Do I, I know. Maybe, I know. Way to, way, to, way, way, to, way to kill a buzz on that one. That's huh? all right. I, maybe, uh, maybe I'll talk to Tom Brennan. There <laughs> you go. That's a good idea. <laughs> install that uh, Install that puppet in there. Um, but, yeah, so we've got that, and then we go to the New Avengers tie-in where we have the Illuminati continuing to deal with the fallout and also being told by Black Swan basically that this huge event we just went through was nothing. Um, it was just a drop in the bucket. Worst things to come. Definitely. But they've also, as we see on the last page of Infinity, they've still got Thanos. Yep, they, um, got, well, they got Thanos in a cube, you know, right the event, there in between the Black Swan yeah. and uh, uh, Terax. Terax. Did the other, uh, did the Avengers know where Thanos went? Did Iron Man just say, I may have missed this in the actual text. Um, Iron Man pretty much says, he just said, I'm going to take care of it. I'll take care of it. So, yeah, they don't necessarily know what what he's done or how he's done it, but especially given that Iron Man is the guy that has connections with the Guardians and has spent all Mm -hmm. the time in Mm -hmm. space and so forth. They assume he's just shipped them off. Yeah, they they, they assume that he's he's done exactly what he said. He's taken care of it, and they have no idea that, that... Thanos is in a in a cube in the necropolis there, yeah. you know, been put on the shelf there. That, you know, they don't even know there's a well. I mean, they know there's a necropolis, but they don't know that that's yeah. Yeah, they, they don't, don't know, know there's, there's an Illuminati, Illuminati doing right. doing all of this stuff. So, right. um, you know, they, they they take him as word. Okay, Iron Man's going to you know deal yeah. with the with the with the cleanup or that portion of it. Yeah, great, great. We don't have to one less thing to worry about. Exactly. Then of course the big thing after the story is over, we have this weird page at the end. Some sort of chalk outline, <laughs> teasing things to come. I was forgetting that yeah, was there. Yeah, it's in there. I don't want to. I want to oh, actually yeah, yeah. have it in front of you so we don't say anything that's not on there. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well there's, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the first little piece of follow up on that. Yes. You know, it says March 2014, uh, and probably it should have said, you know, May 2014 would have been smarter. Mm. <laughs> but um, the uh, the first immediate, you know, next like. Nugget of information on that uh, is in the all new Marvel Now point yeah. one book, yeah. uh, and the first week in January. We'll have a lot to say in the first week of January. But yes, there is a there is a mysterious thing happening, and uh, it will in, next year, and it will involve that chalk outline, and somewhere between March and May, maybe of April of uh, of that year, uh, that will all explode out in a in a big new and yeah. different way. 
and we may get to do more podcasts. There might be more that's, podcasts. So for those of you who are worried, <laughs> we're that's, never, we're that's never the biggest doing announcement. anything ever again. Yeah, no. We'll be back, maybe, hopefully. Anyways, before we seal the door on this particular podcast and on uh, 2013, uh, we do have some questions. All right. We asked you guys for your questions. Can... If I can answer these, if I remember the answers yeah. at this point, or if I can make up answers convincingly yeah. enough. <laughs> the first two are kind of linked, but I'll ask them separately. And the first one is from a gentleman named Isaiah Hitchhiker. Very cool name. Very nice. Very nice. And that is, why did you choose to include the builders in Infinity? Why, I guess, were they a crucial part of this event? Well, there wasn't any choice right. to be made. The story that John was telling was yeah. the builders. Like that's the story. So, yeah. so it wasn't like we had all the other pieces and went, oh, let's put the builders in this. That was more than anything. That was the starting point. If anything, you know, at a certain point we chose, and by we, I, you know, I mean Jonathan and all of us chose to include all of the other elements in right. with that thing. So the builders really were more the start but the, point. You know, yeah, again, yeah. if you go back and look at Avengers number one, yeah. the builders are right there. They're, they're yeah. in Avengers one. They're on like the first page uh, you know, or the second page. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're big uh, world killer ships coming at us. Yep. They, they are the starting point for all of this. So they're there because they're the story. Yeah. It's kind of funny how because you know, the last issue was so big and so long and so epic, with all this Thanos stuff, and it, it is almost, it does feel like the Builders was a while ago, because they just went through this whole big battle, but that was, yeah. And yet this all shipped like twice a month. Like True. This came out very quickly, very and yet, quickly. you know, like two weeks, three weeks now, yeah. feels like an eternity. Yeah, it feels like Thanos was this whole story, but no, there were a good this, four or five issues where it was just Builders, Builders, Builders. Yes, there's a lot of stuff in this. We, right. we, we fat-packed it in. Building on that, see what oh, there. See that? Look at that. we have Charles Fitzpatrick saying, "Will we ever see the builders again? Were they wiped out from our? I mean, we know they exist in other universes, but were they wiped out?" Well, again, we find out, and then we found out a little bit more in again. I think it was New Avengers eleven. Maybe it was in. Yeah. No, actually, I think it was. It's actually in twelve. It's in this one where the Black Swan talks oh, yeah. about the fact that uh, you know the builders were. You know, essentially, they were pan-dimensional. There, there's one set of builders that kind of go across right. everything. And we've and, seen other builders. You saw it in, in yeah, number yeah, eleven. Yeah, yeah, in eleven. But yeah, you know, those aren't those aren't like other builders in the same way that you go to another Earth right. and that's another Iron Man. Yeah, those are the, the same, same builders. builders, and it's their their ability to pass through the spaces in between universes having been compromised, which is why they had to take conventional means to get from where they were. In the universe towards Earth, right? Um, so, uh, so safe to say we probably have not seen the last. I think it's that. very safe to say yeah. that uh, the builders and certainly that situation in in uh, the multiversal stack will yeah. come back again. It's definitely a huge part of New Avengers. Yes, we'll yes. see if it swings back to Avengers and elsewhere. But oh, and, and, and it, it most definitely will. Oh, okay, um, you know, really, uh, uh, Infinity and the ending of Infinity. Kind of, you know, is the cap on like the first book, so to speak, mm. the first chapter of the larger super story that Jonathan is building through Avengers and New Avengers, and the issue that comes right after Avengers twenty four, the twenty four point one, the the mm. you know all new Marvel now one yeah. is really kind of the kickoff this to week. the second to the second book, yeah. um, and uh, you know all of these things are building on all of this, yeah. this so it's a big. 
it's a big run long story again no different really than what John did yeah. on Fantastic Four and on Secret Warriors so and you guys seriously for those of you listening who you know go out to your comic store this week I know there's only two books out but they're both I know you didn't work on Origin 2 so I'm not going to praise <laughs> it too much Origin 2 is it. It a nice package it too it's a, it's a good looking thing from I, front to back I was very impressed I thought uh, that was a case of Adam Kubert doing a beautiful job and then Karen Gillen saying I have to rise up to this right. and then Adam doing this I thought it was great but Avengers 24 point now also I don't know if you call it 24 or 24 point now. Either, either way, we can call it all the various numbers, and yeah. we have a cover for every number that you I can agree. possibly I want. I know you don't like to be confined by the, the numbering conventions. <laughs> you play by your own rules. I, I do. We'll have two numbers on it. We'll have yeah. no numbers on it. Three Doesn't numbers. Matter. We'll put the numbers Very backwards. Good. But two really good comics out this week, so I hope people will uh, check those out. Um, Brian Rayhill, or Rehill, because his Twitter name is The Rehill deal. All right. Um, the deal. Yeah. This is this is a question I strayed away from earlier because I knew he was going to ask it. Is that is, will we see Thane back in Avengers anytime soon or elsewhere? Um, elsewhere, yes. Not Avengers, but Thane. Not, not there are necess- plans for Thane. Not necessarily Avengers immediately. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's impossible that Thane will show up again in Avengers at some point. But in the more immediate future, elsewhere, yes. Cool. Very cool. For Thane, sure. Thane, too good a character to leave out in the cold for too long. Yeah, well, we didn't do all that work Putting him together and building him and setting him up, just to like, yeah, not follow up on it at any point. Uh, Yeah, Thane, Thane, Thane's going to be coming back. Which means Ebony Maw will presumably. I would think so. I would think so. All right, one from Nick Regis, that dude Reg. This goes back. He is not the the real deal. Not not the real. It's not the real deal. It's called R E H E I L. Rehail? I don't know. I like I like that, though. All right. Uh, going back to the prologue issues of Avengers, and that is, will we find out what is being hatched on AIM Island? Um, yes, actually. Yes, you will. I mean, we've seen some of it already. Yeah. Uh, and going into, again, particularly Avengers 25, 26, and 27. Got it. Uh, we go back to AIM Island and begin to delve into that material mm-hmm. much more in depth. Uh, and we also introduce... What I've been calling the all new the Avengers. All new Avengers. The all yeah. new Avengers. Uh, who who uh, are the uh, are the classic Avengers yeah. from like nineteen sixty three. Is it true? I just heard this through the, you know, scuttlebutt around the office at the water cooler. Um, that you actually had this pitch first two years ago and that Niccolo stole it and used <laughs> it in X Men. Well, what I've been telling people, mm-hmm. I've, I've done a bunch of these things, and what I've been telling people is uh, you know, we got to the end of Infinity, and Jonathan and I are just very, very tired. Very tired, yeah. And rather than, you know, we just didn't have the energy to come up with a new idea or, right. or a good idea. So we just, like, looked around and went, hey, that thing that Brian is doing over yeah. in X-Men is working out pretty damn good. Yeah. What if we just did that? Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to bring the Avengers from Why 1963 not? into Avengers. Since you work, I mean, I know that definitely you must be very tired if you're, if you're stealing an X-Men idea. <laughs> well, I know how you feel about that. Well, you know, that, that idea, the, the core idea behind all new X-Men you know the the notion yeah. of of the 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 sixty three X Men coming to the present. Yeah. You know I was involved in in sure. hatching that when it was first discussed. Right. 
Um, you know, so and that was even before. Should have known there was a good X Men decision. You were right in there. So, yeah. so I feel a little. I feel a little bit ownership. of ownership. Not ownership, yeah. but you know, I had a hand in there, and so I feel justified. And okay, we'll do all new Avengers, yeah. and I like it, and uh, and that'll be that. And yeah. if it, if it doesn't work, then I can blame Nick Lowe. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, I don't he anticipate tainted, that. He painted nice. the idea. Yeah. For us, but uh, yes, we get back. We get back back to AIM and what they're hatching and what's going on with them. And uh, uh, there too, there's some there's some cool long range stuff coming up with with them. AIM's gonna have a big 2014. They're all over the place. Oh, they right? they are all over yeah. the place. Not only are they there, they're they're huge in Avengers World, yep. the, the sister book, which also is launching in right. uh, next month in January. They're still in Secret Avengers. They're still in Secret Avengers in a, in a major way. Yeah. They they popped up a little bit in Hulk mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. Um, you know, we see them a little bit. I think in Iron Man coming up, like they're, yeah. they're they literally are everywhere. They are, yeah. They've been huge in 2013. Yeah, you know, only bigger. In people, people dig the 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 beekeeper, beekeeper radiation suits. Absolutely. That is the style. All right, I think, and you know, you can be the judge here, but I think I have picked the perfect. I don't say I said don't say this lightly. <laughs> I think ah. I have picked the perfect question to finish with. This is from Nicholas Mark Ageless, and his question is. What can I expect in Infinity? I know little about it, and I'm a fan of the mutants. <laughs> well, you can affect so, you can expect some, but not a lot of mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are they are represented, but not as front and center. Uh, at this point, you can expect a massive, huge hardcover collection of yes, the whole thing. That's what's coming. Uh, which is coming up, which will include not just the core six issues, but, but all the Avengers, Avengers and New Avengers, Avengers issues. Nice. You know, all put together in the proper sequence. It'll also include a print edition of the two infinite comics that we did, mm-hmm. which is not as cool as uh, uh, experiencing them in their infinite form, which is right. what they were designed for, but includes them as well. Yeah, that's um, it's a it's a big old cool package, and and uh, you know that that's coming at you very shortly. Um, so uh, uh, you know that's about it, and yeah. then you know next year we'll do Infinity Two. <laughs> And they'll sit around ordering pizza while mm. some guys go. Maybe the uh, speedball's still around. The Avengers of 1963 will go deal with the problem while they sit around. The rest of everybody else sits around and orders yeah. pizza from Speedball. New Warriors is coming back. There you it's go. The perfect time. There you go. A little tie-in issue of Speedball going to try to get the pizza. That's it. Everything That's old it. is new again. Well, listen, Tom. Thank you for giving so much of your time during this whole event. Sure thing. A pleasure. And happy New Year to everybody. We are going to have a fabulous 2014, Mm -hmm. and uh, the stuff that we have coming up is going to make uh, 2013 look slow and loogie by comparison. Yeah, actually, right out the gate, I know first week of 2014, we're going to be unveiling a lot of things. Oh, there's a there's a waiting around. There is a ton of stuff coming, and uh, you know, massive thing on top of massive thing. And we say that kind of stuff all the time. We do because you know it's Stanley hyperbole. But you know, really, we are we are chock a block loaded. With with excellence here, and uh, the the books that are coming out are are amazingly good. All right. Well, guys, we will see you in 2014. Uh, we thank Tom again for his time, and we will uh, we will have him back certainly in 2014. We have to renegotiate his contract. <laughs> this was his final contractual ob- right. ob- it's, it's, obligation. I, it's either going to be me or Clark Gregg. Oh, I, I think I'm in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to renegotiate. We'll see. This was his last obligation for 2013, but hopefully we can get him back for 2014. Until then, I'm Ben. This is Marvel, your universe.